Salvation in the water. 
clap offering for his grace. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite our prayer team to go ahead and make their way across the front. We want to give you the opportunity. If you've walked in a need, we want to agree with you and pray with you today. You know, I was remembering this morning during first service of a circumstance that we went through when we were, when Ethan was just about four years old. He used to go through multiple seizures and it was very tough to see him. You just felt helpless. But this one particular seizure that he was having, I mean, it was lasting longer than typical and than it usually did. And, and then he started to turn blue and, and Anna and I are just st- sitting there helpless and we're holding him, keeping him from just trying to keep him close to us. You know, there are moments in your life where you don't really know what to say. There's moments in a, a circumstance that you go through that just you can't feel like you can find the right words. That's the moment we were in. And can I tell you, church, the only thing I knew to say was Jesus. In that moment, in that crisis where I feel helpless, the only thing that I could come to my mind was Jesus. And here's what I could tell you in, the, in those two syllables. When you say the word Jesus can be an ocean of love and peace and grace and strength that can overwhelm any circumstance that you go through. And some of you, you just need someone to pray with you and just say Jesus over your life. So it doesn't matter what you walked in here with, how big it may seem, there's absolutely no reason for you to leave the same. And as the team continues to lead us in worship, I want to give you that opportunity at the, in the balcony, there's prayer team members up there waiting for you. If you're here on the main floor and you want someone to pray with you, we're here. But let us agree and pray the prayer of faith with you that Jesus can step into your situation. Do you believe that? So as they continue to lead us in worship, if you have a need, I'm going to invite you to come. Deep sorrow 
church, the word of God says that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. And this morning as, as we're worshiping, as we're entering his presence, this week I was reading in Exodus the account of when the Israelites, people of God, had left Egypt and they, they went into the desert and they came to a stopping point. They, they came to the place where they encountered the Red Sea. There was no way out. People started complaining, Moses, why did you bring us here? And he said, don't worry. Today we will see the glory of God in this place. And you know, you, you may be here today and you may be at that stopping point in your life. I don't know what you came in with, but you may feel stuck today. I want to speak to you for just a moment because what we've all seen the story, we've all heard the story, we've all seen the movie, and in, in the movies, you know, it's an instant miracle. But if you read the scripture of the account, it says that it took all night long for the waters to open up. All night long. It didn't just like, whoa, and the people, you know, just walked. It took all night long. It took hours and hours. And I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know if you're in your first hour, your second hour, your third hour, your fourth hour, but I'm, I'm here to tell you a word from the Lord. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Hang in there. The miracle's happening. The doors will open. So for just a moment, can we go before the Lord and just say, God, we trust you. Even though what we may see in front of us may indicate the contrary, God, we trust you. We know that you are in control and you are the God of the storm and you are the God of the sunshine. You are the God of the top of the mountain and the lowest valley. And today, God, we declare that our hope and trust is in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus alone. You are the source of our strength, God. Oh, Lord, we worship you, God. Come on, for just a moment, can we inhabit? Can we allow the Lord to inhabit this place with his presence as we lift up our praises to the King? Sing it out. Oh, 
place you'd rather be but in your presence Lord your presence Lord in your presence Lord I believe
we sing with the angels. We join with the angels and worship you, Jesus. Oh, oh, we sing with the angels to you, Father. This morning, church. Come on, let's sing it out. Name. Name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. How great is our God. serve a great God this morning? Come on, if you know that you serve a great God, would you just give him your highest praise, your biggest celebration? He's good to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Father, we love you today, God. 
And we thank you, dear Lord, because we can celebrate your goodness. God, we can worship you, Lord, for what you've done and what you've yet to do, Lord. And so, God, I pray, God, as we just continue in this atmosphere of worship, in this atmosphere of praise, God, Father, we lay our everything down and just say, Lord, have your way. Speak to us today. Lord, speak to us today. God, I pray, dear Lord, in every part of this campus, every classroom, every nursery, every middle school student, dear Lord, every high school student, God, I pray that your presence, God, would just flow throughout this entire campus, God. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for all that you've done for us and your presence that's in this place. And it's in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Would you just give the Lord one more praise clap offering today? Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. making great. I'm Sierra and I want to thank you for joining us today at our Northwest campus. We want to extend a special welcome to all of our new visitors. If that's you, grab a connect card and fill out the important information. You can drop that card in the offering bucket when it comes by, but we prefer to meet you face to face. Take that card to the main lobby after service where you'll find our connection center. We'd like to shake your hand, get to know you better, and answer any questions you might have. We also have a special gift to thank you for worshiping with us. Just a reminder that the Westover app is a great way to follow along and take notes, but make sure your phone is set to silent for you and those around you. We believe that a making great life happens through connecting, growing, and serving, and we have a few next steps to help you get there. If your 2017 resolutions involve improving your relationship, finances, or other aspects of your life, take advantage of our free workshops, classes, and support groups offered by our Family Life and Counseling Ministry. To find all available events, go to westoverhills.church events. Click the calendar tab and choose Family Life and Counseling to see what we're offering every month. Our sports ministry is a great way to bring people together and introduce the community to the love of Jesus. We have open registration for several new leagues, including men's softball, intermediate co-ed volleyball, and middle and high school co-ed basketball. Learn more and register at westoverhills.church forward slash events. Couples, let us help you plan a fun night out. On February 12th, right before Valentine's Day, we have pre-selected and arranged experiences in San Antonio, such as painting with a twist, couples bowling, and much more. Each experience will be hosted by couples in the Family Life Ministry. Building friendships is the focus, so invite another couple and make it a double date. Register by February 5th and payment is due the day of the event at the venue or experience you select. We won't have childcare available, so we encourage you to make other arrangements. Let us know you're participating on social media by using the hashtag WestoverCouples or tag WestoverHills. We hope to see you there. I want to invite the men of Westover to our February Men's Encounter. February the 10th, our Men's Encounter, we're going to join together. Jim Daly will be our speaker. He is the president of Focus on the Family. He's going to bring a challenging word to all men. In fact, his most recent book, Marriage Done Right, will be the book study that we'll be using following the encounter. The encounter is $20. 
It includes the cost of the speaker, the hang time, the food, a t-shirt. It's, it's just going to be a time, guys, for us to come together, for our hearts to be challenged, and for God to do something new in our hearts. I want you to join us February the 10th, 7 p.m. in the auditorium. Hang time afterwards. We want all of our men included. God bless you. To find out more about the great things happening every week, check out our website at westoverhills.church. Click on events where you'll find all of our featured events and a complete calendar of our upcoming opportunities. And don't forget to download the Westover app where you can find these same events, follow along with today's sermon, find a recent message, and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. And good morning. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're part of our church family or you're visiting us from part of our neighborhood, we are so glad that you're here. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and invite the ushers to make their way to the front as they prepare to receive our tithes and our offering. If you're giving cash or check, please take the giving envelope that you'll find right where you're seated in the brochure rack in front of you. Of course, we have online giving. We have a giving kiosk that you'll find in our, our lobby, or you can give as I've given conveniently through text to give. Uh, conveniently right from your smartphone. Now listen, one of the things that I love to share about how we do things here at Westover Hills when it comes to finances is this particularly. First of all, God has challenged us as pastors, as your leaders, that we, we are tasked with taking care of God's people and taking care of God's resources. That means financially. Do you know that once a month we have a fi finance committee that comes together that finance committee is made up of people that, are, that attend just like you. Some of them are CPAs, some of them are bankers, some of them are, are professors, some of them teach, are, are in the finance world. And here's what they do once a month. They look at everything, every transaction that the pastors, that the staff, that we have done throughout the month just to give it an audit. And here's what I love about that. It's because we want to make sure that we keep uh, financial integrity a part of our church because why God has tasked us as leaders to take care of God's people but also to take care of God's resources and so I share that to tell you when you sow a seed can I tell you we are going to pray for it and God's going to bless it but we're also going to do due diligence and make sure that it is taken care of properly because it's most important thing that we understand it is God's money and as pastors and, and, and staff, we want to make sure that we do everything correct and right. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we give is, yes, it's an act of worship. We're responding to God's word, but it's also so that we can invest in the kingdom. So I want to pray for this morning's offering and just reassure you that we're using it to advance the kingdom so that more making new and making great experiences can happen right here at our Northwest campus. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you and we thank you, God. You've been so good to us. And God, as we give of our offerings, our weekly tithes and offering, it's our opportunity to worship you. It's our opportunity to say thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, it's my prayer, God, that you would give us wisdom and guidance to take care of your people, but also take care of your resources. That the money that comes our way, dear Lord, that we would honor you with it and that we would use it to advance your kingdom. So bless this offering and bless the giver. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. And God bless you as you give. A couple of things that I'd love to uh, mention is one, it was on the video announcements, but allow me just to reiterate it. Our men's encounter is coming up February 10th. 
And men, today is the last day that you can register at the conclusion of the service in our resource center that's right outside these back, back doors, or you can go online and register as well. Now, if you've already registered, you've pre-registered, you can go pick up your material and your t-shirt at the conclusion of the service in our main lobby. But if you haven't taken that step, I want to encourage you, don't let this moment pass you by. You could very well be missing what God is wanting to do specially, special in your life on February 10th. So gentlemen, that you're here and you haven't registered, take advantage of that. Uh, you can register today or online. Again, online registration ends tonight at midnight. So get it done before you leave or get it done online before the end of the day today. And also, just to mention, uh, it is the, is that time of year where we start getting all of our tax stuff together? Yay! And, um... If you have been giving in 20, 2016 and you want to get your financial giving records for, for this church, for giving here at church, in your guide, it gives you information on how you can obtain that. And again, thank you so much for your faithfulness in 2016. And if you want to receive a record of your giving, the information is in the guide so that you can receive that and give you, how, give you instructions on how to obtain that. Well, it's my joy to share God's word with you this morning. I bring you greetings on behalf of our lead pastors, Pastor Jim and Denise Ryan. Uh, this whole week, he and Pastor Mike have been at a missions convention, and they just returned. And this morning, Pastor Jim is at our Medina Valley campus. So for those of you that are new to our church or visiting, we have three campuses, Westover Hills Espanol, Westover Hills Northwest, which is this group right here, and then Westover Hills Medina Valley. And about three years ago, we took a step of faith when we were building this building and God just felt that there was a church in Medina Valley area that was struggling and they were getting ready, literally getting ready to close their doors. But we felt that God was in it and we took a step of faith and began to plant a church there. And today it is, it is a thriving church in that community, two services every Sunday, and Pastor Jim is out there to celebrate with them their next endeavor. So let's continue to pray for what God is doing in Medina Valley. Amen with Pastor Dave and Sandy Barnes. And Pastor Mario and Elda in our Waggis, Westover Hills, Espanol. But it is my joy to share God's word with you. So if you listen fast, I will preach fast, all right? And I'll get you to lunch pretty quick. But hey, we are continuing our conversation on coming together. On coming together. Have you ever asked or thought, or even if, when you were new in, in the faith, why do we need to come together? Why do we come together in church? I've had people that have called the office and they just didn't realize what this building was. And they, they said, we, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what this is all about. And I begin to explain that we're a church. We, people ask, what is the purpose of church? Well, we recognize that the purpose of church is fivefold. It's membership, it's outreach, it's discipleship, ministry, and worship. And we take that directly from Scripture because we believe that we need to educate people through discipleship. That we need to bring people into the family of God through outreach, look beyond the four walls of our church through missions and, and, and do something around the world that's going to advance the kingdom, give people the opportunity to get involved in ministry. But also, when we come together as the body of Christ, we come together to celebrate through praise and worship. And today I want to specifically talk about that, praise and worship. Everybody loves music. I mean, we use music for everything. I don't know about you guys, but how many like me, when you hear the theme for Rocky, you just feel like you can run like 50 miles. 
With one taco on the other hand, you just want to run. You don't even care. We just get so motivated by music. I mean, we love to have music when we drive and just roll down the windows and just blast it. We love to have music when we sleep. We love to have music when we celebrate. We have to have music when we dance. We're Latinos, so we have to have music at a party. We love to have music when we're, when we're happy. We even want music when we're sad. Why? Because music has a way of getting to the depths of our soul and really to the depths of our hearts. It motivates us. And how many can hear a song that you hadn't heard in years and it takes you right back to that point in time? Now, I grew up in the 80s, which 80s has the best music ever, okay? <laughs> All the millennials are like, man, that was like, like so forever ago. But I can hear a song from the 80s and it can take me right back to, to, to walking the halls of Zachary Middle School or Taft High School back in a long time ago. Music is that powerful. And today I want to talk about worship, about when we come together as a body of Christ, one of the things that we do is we sing, is we celebrate, as we worship the Lord. It's not in your notes if you're following on our Bible app, but in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says this, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. You see, the church of Acts was such an exciting time. And this particular verse, just plain, just it, it, it precisely explains what they did. They came together and they praised and worshiped. They came together and they celebrated together, and that's exactly what we did this morning. We came together to worship. We came together to sing and to celebrate God's goodness. Praise is not, is not difficult for us to understand. We praise everything. We love to praise our kids. We love to praise uh, our teams. We love to praise our pets. It's just part of our nature. And when you look at Webster's, here's what it says that praise is. Praise says it is to commend, to applaud, to express approval or admiration. That's what praise is. And here's a short definition of praise that I wrote this week as I was preparing. Praise and worship is our expression of love to God. At the end of the day, why we come here and why we have that countdown and we start right on the, right on the beat at the very beginning because our desire is that you have an opportunity that we, that I come in ready to worship and to express my love for the Lord. And we do that through singing. We do that through a number of different ways. We do that through praying. Psalm 95, 6 says, let us worship and bow down. It also, we do that through meditating, through Habakkuk 2.20. To be, it says to be silent before the Lord. Do you know that sometimes... Yes, it's okay to clap and shout and raise your hands. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. we got to celebrate Jesus. Sometimes there's those moments where we just need to be silent and quiet and listen to him. We worship through singing. Ephesians 5.16 says singing psalms and hymns. And then we wish, worship through commitment. You look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your true worship. And there's two ways that we worship God, two ways that we praise God. We praise Him directly and indirectly. The way we praise Him directly is by expressing our admiration to God for what He means to us. 
He's our healer. He's a lover of our soul. He's our king. He's our savior. But then we also do it indirectly from what he has done for us, the grace he's given us, provision that he's given us, the, the times that he's been faithful in giving us new beginnings in life. We could be praising him together and singing a song and lifting up our hands and clapping our hands, but we can also be praising if I'm sitting down having coffee with you and telling you how God has been amazing in a circumstance in, our, in my life. Yes, we praise directly, but we also praise him indirectly. But here's what I want you to walk out with. In fact, if there's anything that I want you to not forget, that praise and worship is not something that we do just within the four walls of this building. Praise and worship cannot stop here. Though this may be the typical place that we will sing and shout, but it needs to be lived out daily in your life. God, listen, God wants us to praise him, not because of what it does for him, but because of how it changes us. I need to say that again because I needed a stronger amen there. Listen, God doesn't want to pray us to praise him for what it does for him, but how it begins to change us because it has a way of bringing us back in alignment with him. You know, we all know what it means to be out of alignment, especially in our vehicles. After probably hitting a bunch of, uh, you know, potholes and curbs and just, just, just going through tough streets before too long, before too long, we know that our car is going to become out of alignment. It's going to start to shake at 50 miles an hour. You're going to always have to compensate to get it into the, get it to stay straight. And what do you have to do? You have to take it in for service and get it realigned. Can I tell you, church, that's exactly what I believe praise and worship does for us. Because we hit curbs throughout the week. We hit potholes throughout in life, and it, and it trips us up. And we feel our life, our spiritual side, getting out of alignment. And when we begin to get into the presence of God, this is what happens. Even the way we came in and we're struggling and we're upset and we begin to sing, we begin to clap, we begin to worship, I believe an alignment happens and God refocuses us. You see, worship is not just something for God. It is something that changes our lives. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Praise is something that we need to bring to God when he's done something amazing for us, yet he is worthy of our praise when he, if, even if he doesn't do another thing for us. He is worthy of our praise regardless of his blessings. He's been good to us. He doesn't have to do one more thing. God is always going to be worthy of our praise. The truth is, we all love, I love to praise. It's easy for me to praise when everything's going great and smooth. But what happens to your praise? What happens to my praise when all hell breaks loose? I'm looking at the words of David in Psalm 103.1. It's a moment in his life where you look at the words of David and the, you read through Psalms, just the, the different circumstances that he went through, the crisis that he put himself in, and the things that he went through. He, re, he writes this in Psalm 103, verse 1. It says this, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. You see, sometimes we need to praise even when we're in the dumps. Sometimes we need to praise when everything is not going the way we had planned it. We still need to praise. Sometimes we need to praise when everything begins to fall apart and awaken that spirit man inside of us and just determine that we are going to praise. I believe that's what David was saying right here. 
In that moment, I believe David was saying, listen, soul, I'm going to give God all the praise, even if I have to dig deep. And some of you need to walk in with that type of an attitude, that even though I've had a tough week, even though everything is, feels like everyone is against me, I'm going to dig deep into my soul, and I will bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. That's the attitude of praise. That's the attitude of worship. We need to praise at all times. You know, looking at the Psalms, you will find they were written from places of deep emotional valleys. In fact, David writes in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 6, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And then he goes on to say this, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you even from, dis from a distant Mount Hermon. Listen, here's what he was saying in that. In fact, you got to understand the context. I want you just for a minute to understand what perspective he is writing from. When he's writing that verse, he has been kicked out of the city. He's running from Saul. He's in the desert. He's probably hungry. He's probably tired. He's probably scared. He's probably, there's probably anxiety going on in him, and he's on the run. And yet he's writing this. He's saying, Lord, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. Here's what he says, it because it begins a fight of the will. Because the circumstance says something different. Just give up. Just throw in the towel. It's not, it's not worth it. But can I tell you, don't let that moment overwhelm you. Don't get to the place where you feel like you got to throw in the towel. Instead of throwing in the towel, you need to lift up your hands to an almighty God and say, God, I will praise you. My hope will be in you. I will give you all the honor and glory no matter what circumstance I'm facing. And that's exactly what David did. That's what God wants us to, to be, where God wants us to be, to determine to praise him regardless of our feelings. You know that the Bible, there's a number of things of why we praise and why we worship. First of all, we need to understand we are commanded to praise. It's not like it's an option. God created us to praise. We're commanded to praise. Psalm 150 says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him for in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And then it says it one more time. Praise the Lord. Listen, you need to praise the Lord when you get a promotion. You also need to praise the Lord when you get passed up for that promotion. You need to praise the Lord when God gives you the very front, front parking spot at HEB. You also need to praise him when someone cuts you off and they get that parking spot. You need to praise the Lord when the Spurs win. You need to praise the Lord when the Spurs lose. Listen, everything that we do, no matter how good or how tough it may be, God is commanding us that we should live a life of praise. Now, would you just give God honor and glory right now. We're commanded to praise, church. That's why we praise. Also, the Bible says that he is enthroned in our praise. Psalm 22, verse 3 says, yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of people. We also need to understand that there is power in praise. There's power in praise and worship. There's power when you can muster up enough just to, to give God praise and glory in your circumstance. I have said this for years that I am completely convinced 
that when we begin to praise and worship in our own personal storm, that is usually the time that God begins to graduate us out. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but when we can praise him in spite of everything that is going on, there is power. We can feel power in praise. Don't base it on how you feel, but just base it on the fact that he's worthy of your praise. We need to praise simply because he's just that worthy of praise. Psalm 48 verse 11 says this, verse 1 says, How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. And not only is he worthy of praise, but lesson, we were created to praise. Church, that's exactly what he created. He, we were created to have a relationship with God. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Let me pause right there because I really believe something needs to hear this. Some of you have walked in defeated today. Some of you have walked in discouraged. I want you to know what God's opinion of you is. No matter how far you may feel you are from God or what deep sin that you've committed, it says this, that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Listen, that is God's opinion of you. So don't leave here discouraged that you can't obtain God's grace. You can you may have to go through some circumstances and, the, and, and, and just go through the consequences of it and make it right. But listen, God's opinion of you is that you are his special possession. And here's what it goes on to say, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, we have been chosen by God to declare his praises. And I love how Isaiah captures this thought as well in Isaiah 43, verse 21. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Yes, can I tell you, there is a number of reasons, church, why we praise and why we worship. Coming into God's house, this is not just a check mark. This is just not part of the preliminary uh, meeting so that we can get to the message. Praise and worship is designed to be a lifestyle beyond this church, beyond this building. We were created to praise him. You know, praise and worship really is, can be something that we do in the same, but sometimes they can be slightly different. And what is worship? Well, worship is the ability to magnify God with our whole being, body, mind, soul, and spirit. Now, I don't want to get into a deep theology discussion here, but just for a moment, while praise and worship can be very much the same many times, there are moments that I believe that worship can be very, very different. And for the sake of this message, let me just touch briefly on that. As I mentioned earlier, praise most of the time is something that we see. When we come together, some of you walked in and you just heard the band going, you heard people clapping, you heard you saw people with their hands raised, lifting up to, to the Lord. That's something very visible, while sometimes worship can be something very, very intimate. There are moments, whether it's when I'm singing or it's by myself, where I just have to shut out the world and just have a very quiet time with God. That can be an expression of worship. There's moments in praise and worship when we're in a, a setting like this and we, the band is playing, Pastor Alfred and the team are leading us and they're, they're leading us into the throne room of God. There are moments that I absolutely love to just get lost in his presence. Where I just forget about everything that I've got to do the next day. 
where I forget about everything that I've got to face the next week, and I just get lost in his presence. Can I tell you, that's an intimate place that God so desires for us to be at. Worship must be an intimate place because when he comes down to it, what does Jesus seek? God seeks worshipers. Look at what John 4 verse 23 says. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Do you know that God seeks worshipers? He seeks for you to, to separate that time where you'll just have that one-on-one -on -one, um, moment with God. And he so hungers for that. You know, worship isn't trying to capture, God isn't trying to capture our hearts. It's our heart trying to capture, it's our worship trying to capture God's. It's going deep into the, to his presence and just seeking his face. Sometimes it's standing quietly and just allowing the presence to consume you. Sometimes you just got, on, got to be on your face before God and just lie still and seek him for a deep need or to seek his presence to surround you in that moment. But worship is so powerful. So whether you're worshiping him in a trial or being still, like Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God, we need to, worship needs to be a part of our lifestyle. We need to know when to celebrate and jump up and down, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But we also need to know that there are moments where we need to have an intimate setting with the Lord. Do you know that also praise and worship can be spiritual warfare? Praise and worship can absolutely be a powerful spiritual weapon. You know, in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, one of my favorite stories, in fact, I would encourage you to read that sometime this week. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and read the story of Jehos King Jehoshaphat. But when King Jehoshaphat was, was facing an attack of multiple armies, not just one, not just two, multiple armies, can I tell you the people of God were absolutely scared. In fact, this is what his prayer says in one part of that prayer. He says, for we have no power. This is King Jehoshaphat. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Have you ever been there? I, sh I know I have. Well, Lord, I'm praying I don't know what to do in this circumstance. That's exactly where King Jehoshaphat was. So, Lord, I don't know what to do. The only thing I do know to do is to keep my eyes on you. When, when a challenge comes our way and you don't know what to do, can I encourage you to begin to worship? Begin to praise him for what he's done and how he's been faithful. Don't put your eyes on the problem, but put your eyes on the one who can fix your problem. You can still worship, and it, don't base it on a feeling. Well, I can't worship because I don't feel good. Don't base it on a feeling. That's when your faith has to rise up. That's when you have to do what David did, is dig deep into the midst of your soul and say, and just put your spirit man into check and say, I will worship the Lord regardless on how I feel. And that's exactly what they did here. And the men of Judah stood before God, and this is what happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. It says, this is what the Lord says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. 
Oh, can I tell you, if you would just get that in your spirit, that'll give you enough to praise about because then you realize that it's not your battle. It's not your fight to fight. It's God's battle, and that will give you the ability to worship in your circumstance. That's exactly what they did here. You would think that when they went to battle, now in the, 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 the verses to follow, they go get ready for battle. And you would think that they would send the, their Navy SEALs of that time. You would think that they would have sent their greatest weapons of that time. They didn't send that at all. In fact, this is what God told them to do. I want you to send the worshipers ahead. I could, <laughs> I could just see these big old army dudes just, you know, just strong as an ox. And all of a sudden, these people just come walking by with tambourines in their hand. And here's what they begin to do. I don't think they went out there scared. I think they said, well, this is great. This is awesome. We're going to fight them with a tambourine. I believe that's the spirit they had. Because they said, you know what? That's all right. God's got our back. I'm going to worship my way to victory. I'm going to praise my way to victory. And that's the spirit that some of you need to have, that regardless of what you're going through, you need to praise your way to God's favor. You need to praise your way to God bringing you out of the circumstance that you're in. And when the armies went out there and they were led by the worshipers, you know that all the armies that were against God's people, they began to turn on each other in confusion. And the people of God didn't even have to draw their swords. And God's enemies were just completely, completely uh, torn down. Praise has a way of confusing the enemy. Our worship in the midst of what we're going through has a way of confusing the circumstance that you're going through. And it, I believe that God's presence will give you the ability to make it through. Would you stand with me as I prepare to close? You know, in the Jewish culture, a person's name is, is very indicative of their character. In fact, it was some would even wait a few years to name their children so they can keep their name, put their name in keeping with their personality. They would wait a few years. I'm so glad they don't do that anymore. I would probably be called by my parents, hey, you, the one we call stubborn, come over here. But names were indicative of their character. God, God did that also in Scripture. You find that time and time again that God reveals His character through the names that He's given the people of Israel. In fact, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Lord said, call me Jehovah Rapha because I'm the Lord that heals you. Some of you, you need to praise your way to your healing, emotionally or physically. You need to praise Jehovah Rapha in Genesis 22, God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, which means the God that provides. Some of you need to call upon Jehovah Jireh and praise your way to God's provision, whether it be financially or emotionally. You need to say that he is a God that provides, and I'm going to lift up Jehovah Jireh. Ezekiel, God gave his name Jehovah Shammah. That means the Lord is there. Even if you don't feel it, that's when your faith needs to come in to play and you say, you know what? He, I'm going to worship Jehovah Shammah because I know that he is there. It's not based on how I feel, but I know that he's there. And so I want to leave you with this as we come to a close this morning. I want to encourage you, church, that every single day you come to God's house, 
would you come in with a praise? Don't wait to Pastor Alfred to start the band and the music starts to play. Don't wait for all that. Would you already walk in with a praise? Would you already walk in with worship? Now, listen, I know that things happen and sometimes we get delayed. That's just going to happen. I've been there, all right? I, this happens. But what I would encourage you, man, get here right on time so that you can experience all that God has for you. That's coming in with the praise. That's coming in saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my circumstance that I'm facing this week. And as we cl close, I'm going to lead us in a song that I want you to worship with me. And I, I was thinking about this song all week as I was preparing for this weekend. And it's a song that says, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is all I want to do. Lord, I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Now listen, you guys are my, wor you're my worship team, so I need you to sing with me. Don't leave me hanging. But I want you to sing it from the bottom of your heart. Let's just conclude this message by worshiping the Lord. I worship you. Almighty God, there is none like you. Come on, lift your voice. And I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. Lord, I give you praise for you are my righteousness yes you are Lord and Lord I worship you almighty God there is none like you There is none like you, no, 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 no. There is none like you. Now, would you just lift up your hands towards heaven? Would you just begin to worship him right now? Come on, church, would you respond this moment? Some of you didn't get to worship at the beginning because something was holding you back. Would you just begin to love him? Father, we love you today, God. Lord, we praise your name. We worship you, Lord. God, we give you praise today because you're still on the throne, God. You're still in charge, your Lord. Father, we worship you, Jesus. We bless your name, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I give you praise for you are my righteousness. And Lord, I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Sing it again, there's none. There is none like you. There is none like you.
Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Father, oh, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Lord, I pray for your people today, God. God, we stand in your presence recognizing that we need a mighty God in our life. And God, I pray, dear Lord, for the battles that need to be faced this week or the battle that's being faced in this moment. God, help us to praise our way through it. Help us to rejoice our way through it. God, not that it's going to take away the struggle immediately, but God, you're going to give us the strength and the favor to walk through it. So God, I pray that as everyone goes their separate way, God, may they leave with praise in their, on, their, on their heart, with worship in their mind. God, that until we see each other again, God, that we would walk in with praise, that we would walk in with worship to give you honor and glory. God, we love you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, God bless you. I love you very much. Go in the love of Jesus. Thanks, bro.